cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> if you listened to that introduction and was thinking, what the heck are you saying, Josh? I want you to pause this video now. I want you to jump on Spotify or Apple Music, or if you're in the internet ice age, maybe Pandora, or open up even a new tab for YouTube and search for the 1994 hip hop classic by the Wu-Tang Clan called Cream. Well, now that you got a little bit of a taste of childhood nostalgia for me, let's flash forward maybe even 10 more years and I'm in the middle of my undergrad for accounting and I'm kind of dreaming about being Joshua Shaw, MBA, JD, LLM, and imagining myself having some kind of crazy corporate tax law type of practice that focuses on you know Fortune 500 companies and doing things that probably most relatable to if you've heard of the Panama Papers. Well, I obviously detoured a little bit when I went to management consulting, but I still on my bucket list have that I'm going to complete law school. But regardless, I've never like completely brushed off the accounting finance background. And I think you guys probably noticed that when you hear the way that I approach content creation or just kind of the subject matter that I pick within the CPG industry. So in a recent video, I mentioned the cash conversion cycle and I had some people reach out right after that and ask me to cover it a little bit more and explain it a little bit more because I talked about how integral it was and something that a lot of businesses maybe are not tracking. It's a metric that needs to be tracked, but for whatever reason, doesn't seem to be one that people are throwing a lot of attention to. The cash conversion cycle is a measure of how many days it takes for a business to turn invested cash, usually inventory, if we're talking about CPG businesses, back into cash in their account. So why is this important? Back to the original introduction, cash rules everything around me. If you are a growing business, cash is king. And the better cash position you are in, it gives you a lot of flexibility, a lot of optionality, gives you a lot of power in the market. And while this fact is true within business, honestly, it's also within your life, your personal finance. But I won't get into that side of things because you guys don't necessarily watch any of my content for my personal finance tips and tricks. But anyone running a fast paced business, a hyper growth business knows that as you pay down suppliers and order more inventory, within a blink of an eye, you might be without any cash. It just kind of drains cash really quick. You always have to replenish the inventory. So optimizing your cash conversion cycle can prevent that cash drain from happening. So let's go over the cash conversion cycle. I'll also talk about some well-known companies just give you a little bit of an understanding or application of the cash conversion cycle and maybe what that means to those specific competitor businesses. And I'll also give you some practical tips, strategies to improve the cash conversion cycle within your business. So the calculation might look like a foreign language, but it's very intuitive when you get a base understanding of it. Days of inventory outstanding and days of sales outstanding are associated with the company's cash inflows, while days of payables outstanding is linked to cash outflow. To calculate the cash conversion cycle, you need several items from the financial statements revenue and cost of goods sold or COGS from the income statement, inventory at the beginning and the end of the time period that you are looking at, 
similarly accounts receivable at the beginning and the end of that time period and accounts payable at the beginning and the end of the time period. You also need to consider the number of days in the time period in which you're looking at. So if it's a year, it's 365. If it's a quarter, maybe it's 90, 91, or 92 days. The first stage focuses on the existing inventory level and represents how long it will take for the business to sell its inventory. A lower value of days of inventory outstanding is preferred as it indicates that the company is making sales rapidly and implying better turnover for the business. The second stage focuses on the current sales and represents how long it takes to collect the cash generated from the sales. A lower value is preferred again for the days of sales outstanding, which indicates that the company is able to collect capital in a short time, in turn enhancing its cash position. The third stage focuses on current outstanding payable for the business. It takes into account the amount of money the company owes its current suppliers for the inventory and the goods it purchased and represents the time span in which the company must pay off those obligations. A higher days of payables outstanding value is preferred. By maximizing this number, the company holds onto cash longer, increasing its investment potential. Let's put the cash conversion cycle to the test with some well-known competitors. Simply Good Foods, the owner of Quest Nutrition, and Bellring Brands, owner of Premier Protein, in their latest quarterly earnings. Now, I kinda did a quick calculation through Excel, built in those formulas for us. Simply Good Foods portfolio for their quarter three earnings had a cash conversion cycle value of 67. Now, Bellring Brands had a cash conversion cycle value of 113.86. Now, does this mean that Simply Good Foods is almost twice as good, no pun intended, of a company as Bellring Brands? No, but it does mean that Simply Good Foods would need less cash injected into their business if they scale and grow bigger based on the most recent quarterly cash conversion cycle calculation. That being said, looking at the number quarterly, there are reasons which I know specifically around why Bellring Brands was higher, and I'll touch on that below to give you a little bit more of an understanding. Some of the best companies in the world on the retail or the CPG industry, consumer goods industry, has cash conversion cycle values of close to zero or in some cases a negative cash conversion cycle. Having a negative cash conversion cycle is extremely ideal. This is your best of the best companies that have this. It is not normal to have a cash conversion cycle in the negative sense, but you do see it from time to time. In the categories in which I focus on and I have knowledge of some of the financials around, the typical amount is somewhere in that variance with Simply Good Foods and Bellring Brands. You know, it's somewhere in that, you know, 40 to 120 days. And when I talk about that value of 40 to 100 days, that essentially means that your cash is locked up for 40 to 120 days. And as it's locked up in working capital and as you grow and scale, your sales start to increase, that number also increases which means you might need to invest more, maybe raise capital, maybe figure out something from a debt perspective to make sure that you can have enough cash to sustain your growth. And 
hopefully manage your cash conversion cycle better in the future that then produces results and a return on that investment that you go out and raise capital for. But the goal is to try to get unstuck, try to get that cash unstuck the best you can. And there's a few different ways, different levers and things that you can pull to help you get more cash unstuck so it's not in a working capital sense. First one I wanna talk about is increasing your accounts payable. Now, working with a supplier in the CPG industry, you're gonna get fed just basic terms. Maybe that's net 30, maybe that's net 15, whatever it is, that's gonna be what you're fed at. Now, initially you're probably just gonna to have to take what you can get, but as your leverage increases, meaning maybe your sales start to increase, maybe the proportion of your sales to your supplier's business, their, to to their total business, it becomes bigger. So if you leave, it's gonna really hurt them. Or maybe you own your own formulas and you can walk whenever you'd like. You have some maybe leverage to negotiate a little bit more, maybe increase that accounts payable number up to maybe net 45 or net 60 or net 90. It's important to keep that conversation fluid throughout the life cycle of your relationship. Now going back to Bellring Brands and Simply Good Foods, Bellring Brands calculation for the accounts payable number was 40 days. Simply Good Foods was 24 days. For me, what this means just intuitively, what I'm assuming is Bellring Brands, because a lot of their business is with Premier Protein and a lot of that business as a portfolio is with protein RTD beverages, they are working with just a small selection of contract manufacturers and specifically like one in, in a big proportion. Because of that, they are likely a big part of that contract manufacturer's business and they've been able to use that leverage to get their days of accounts payable a little bit higher. You also wanna look at reducing your accounts receivable. Now this can wildly swing depending on your sales channel mix. I picked specifically these two competitor brands because though they are offered and crossed a ton of different sales channel, one of the portfolios does sell a lot more of their business like direct to consumer or online than the other one is. And I think you're gonna be able to tell that when you look at Bellring Brands accounts receivable number being 41 days and Simply Good Foods number being 33 days. The reason is because Simply Good Foods, they do more proportion of their sales through e-commerce and direct to consumer, mostly because of their acquisition of Quest Nutrition. And also because Quest Nutrition does still a lot of their business in the nutrition channel. They have a lot more leverage in the nutrition channel and with nutrition channel distributors to be able to get their cash back a little bit quicker. Obvious suggestion here is to increase your direct to consumer sales because as those credit cards hit, you usually got one or two days before that money hits your bank account. Also similar to the supplier net terms, you can look at some of your retailers or distributors and ask for a little bit better of accounts receivable terms, depending on maybe some of those things I talked about with leverage before. It needs to be a fluid conversation as your relationship changes. And for my direct to consumer brands, if you wanna kind of hyperspeed or take this up another notch, there are a few other ways to lower this number First one being to look at taking pre-orders. If you have some new, exciting, innovative products in the pipeline, you wanna talk about it, it could also be like a marketing thing. If you are able to take pre-orders, you do have cash coming in before you're actually producing the product that will help you lower that accounts receivable days number. It also might be important to look at maybe annual memberships or subscriptions 
and kind of depends on like how strong your brand is and maybe what is your ecosystem of your brand or your retailer. If you're able to offer maybe memberships to be inside of like an insider's club or something like that, that's gonna be something great to produce more cash. Or if you have subscription models and maybe you could do it on a quarterly or half year or year basis and get that money up front, that'll help with your overall days of accounts receivable. And then the last lever has to do with reducing inventory. If you've listened to enough of my content over the last couple of years, you know that I talk about the inventory management being arguably one of the biggest areas of why CPG brands bankrupt themselves. So if you're looking at your days of inventory and you wanna lower that number, you wanna look at a bunch of different things like improving your demand forecasting, reducing the demand variability in your calculations, reducing your overall order sizes, try to reduce your supplier's lead times, maybe work on whatever you can to optimize that with your supplier, and then reduce your skew variations or do some type of skew rationalization process to make sure you're only manufacturing and selling the best selling products or the most profitable products. Another strategy to kind of look at is if you do have some leverage with your supplier is to think about maybe doing something with floor stock where essentially you would ask the supplier to overproduce a certain amount of product, especially your best-selling product, and have them keep that on their books, but be in finished goods or maybe in processed goods where they can flip it on much quicker. And only as you need it with sales generation, do you actually flip that inventory over to your books. So that'll help you with the days on inventory number. Now if we go back to the examples of Simply Good Foods and Bell Ring Brands, Simply Good Foods inventory days were 59, where Bell Ring Brands was 113 days. So that's where the big variance is in terms of the two calculations. And a lot of that comes down to the type of business that Bell Ring Brands is in and also which sales channels Bell Ring Brands is in. Specifically with this quarter, I can say that one, they noted that they had to build up inventory for their number one sales partner getting ready to do some promotional activity. Additionally, because of some of the lead times, line time restrictions on the RTD protein beverages in the market, they have to make sure that they are keeping up stock with their projected growth rates. They did have an issue in late 2018, early 2019, Bellring Brands or the Premier Protein brand got out of stock on a lot of their products and created a lot of issues in the market. They cannot afford to continuously do that. So they have to keep an extra amount of stock until they can maybe figure out some of the other variables within the supply of that product. Want to just kind of note some final thoughts on the cash conversion cycle. Many people focus on a lot of the flashy companies attributes, be that amazing marketing campaigns, maybe innovative products or great leadership. And I also look at a lot of those things, but without the fundamentals of a company being incredible at financial management, there's not going to be any storybook ending. Simply put, if you are running a CPG business, you should be constantly measuring and optimizing your cash conversion cycle.